We both live in places where the wardrobe actually makes the season to some degree. You know, the wardrobe and the pumpkin spice lattes from yeah, the local coffee shops. The, de the decor. Coffee shops. I, have right. to, I, mean, I have to really go hard with my decor. Otherwise, how would you know? Welcome, friends, to the Into the Harvest show. This is dedicated to helping you be and make disciples in the 21st century. My name is Andrew Stroud. I'm the project lead here at Into the Harvest, and I'm joined today, as always, by my friend Abigail Wilson in Texas. She is the editor-in-chief of our blog over at intotheharvest.org. Definitely encourage you guys to check that out if you have not lately. We've got a great article that just went up earlier this week on something known as moralistic therapeutic deism and it's a mouthful but that's why we've got this article to help you understand how that's affecting us not just us in the church but society at large abby good morning anything you want to share on the uh, blog article that just posted well it's a real gem and it's written by a guy named jim <laughs> i didn't i did not mean to do that <laughs> you that can't sentence. help yourself but anyway, thanks, Jim uh, Cameron, for writing that for us, because it's one of those articles that you read, and then it kind of sticks with you, and mm. it really starts to sort of speak into your own life, your conversations. I have seen it come up several times, oddly with my children, um, mm. just things that they'll talk about. I'm like, hey, I know what's going on here. And yeah. I, so I felt a lot more informed on just what society is trying to teach us and just a more biblical, um, truthful view that we want to have. So it's a really, really great uh, read if you haven't already checked it out. So uh, we'll try to link it here, but it's also very, very available um, on our website. And we have that linked like on all of our social media. So if you can't find it, I feel like you're not <laughs> hard enough. <laughs> yes, it is there. I mean, the easiest way is to just go to intotheharvest.org, right. click, click on, on the blog, blog yeah, and it's, it's the number, the it's the featured article. So, yes. but yeah, you know, Paul, this is not a new problem from the very beginning. It, Paul wrote Galatians, which many scholars believe is the earliest book in the New Testament uh, library of our modern Bibles. Um, and, and he wrote Galatians, maybe the earliest Christian letter to talk about threats to the gospel, how the gospel message was being threatened because it was being distorted. And I think what Jim does a great job of is spotlighting one of the major ways that the gospel is being distorted mm -hmm. in modern times. So like you said, Abigail, once you read the article, I think you'll begin to see over and over throughout your daily and weekly interactions how this mindset of moralistic therapeutic deism really has yeah. infiltrated people's thinking. Yeah. And I'm talking about Christians, but also society at large. It's really, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. And he may have ruined like popular Christian music for me forever. So thanks a lot, Jim. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm super, <laughs> like every song I'm like, oh man, there it this is. This is definitely what this is. Anyway, yeah, so folks, <laughs> check that out and uh, let us know what you think about it. Um, you can yeah. respond over on our social media at Facebook or Instagram or uh, send us an email at info at intotheharvest.org. Uh, what you think about that article and what you'd like to see us cover either on the show or over on the blog, because we really are trying to spotlight um, issues that that take effect at the intersection of 
faith and culture in the 21st century. So we love hearing from you guys. And speaking of hearing from you guys, we're going to dive right into our listener question this week. This is from Jory Randall. He left it as a YouTube comment on a video called Christians and Pride Month, um, which is over on our YouTube channel, Into the Harvest. And it's from episode 106 of our podcast, where we were talking about Pride Month and how Christians should be um, relating to that in the, the larger culture. But Jory asks this question, how do you approach other believers that are affirming or even out? So Abigail, I know that this has been something that you've done a lot of thinking about, and you've got some, some real life experience with. So what do you think about Jory's question there? Yeah, the, the first thing that I think of when having to just interact with, with other believers or they say they're believers um, and this is their stance, uh, the first thing is to just start asking questions. Um, and by doing that, you know, and ask questions that um, help you to understand better where they're coming from. Um, it's going to help you know where that conversation needs to start and what you need to like focus in on. And really, it should not be about in that first interaction changing their minds um, mm. or like even letting them know, you know, where you stand. You can absolutely do that. But I think um, most recently, I, I knew where this uh, friend of mine stood and she was very affirming. And so I just asked her, Hey, like, can you just share the, the, the scripture that has really helped you in making this change in this decision? Um, and it, it ended up being that she did not have scripture necessarily. Instead, it was um, very much based off of, of people's experiences and on mm -hmm. some books that she'd read. So that yeah. really helped me to know where to start in our conversation. Um, you know, if someone's like, oh yeah, this is the scripture, then that would be another interesting conversation. So I think by just going how Jesus interacted with, um, often with the Pharisees and Sadducees and the people that would come and, um, and have very different views from him, he very often would answer in form of another question to them. So I think we can really use that, that sort of method as we interact with those who either are homosexual themselves or very affirming to that as a believer. So Andrea, what, what do you think? I, I really like that. And I, I, I especially like the idea of trying to start with understanding where this other person is coming from. Um, as I've gotten older in life, I think that's become more and more important to me. Um, to try to really understand if we don't understand where people are coming from and why they have, there are reasons why people have the beliefs that they have. Yes. And with this issue in particular, um, obviously our culture is driving hard in the direction of in inclusivity. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is all normal. Um, but then people have personal experiences that also dictate, um, why they have the, the convictions and the beliefs that they have. And so understanding someone's personal history, where they're coming from and, and how that has shaped their view on this issue in particular, I think is really helpful. And then finally, um, within the church, there has been a huge sh a shift, I would say, that there are many church leaders um, who are affirming and are writing books and putting out material that, that actually... Um, I would say gives, gives 
credence or or support for the notion that we should be affirming to the uh, homosexual lifestyle as not being in contradiction to what we see in the scriptures. So really trying to understand, like you said, Abigail, with this with this friend, it was, it sounds like it was that third thing that she had, mm-hmm. at least in some degree, she had read some materials from Christian thought leaders yeah. that was affirming. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I think um, starting with that understanding, and then we did talk about this on episode 106. What I would add to that is that we need to understand. So the one thing I didn't mention in those three things, um, you know, that shape people's views, oftentimes shape people's views is the scripture, which actually should be the foundation of what's shaping our views on not just homosexuality, (laughs) but all of life, all of these, these really challenging um, issues that we face in, in modern day life. So Mm -hmm. we, for sure, we need to understand why the people we're talking to have the views that they do, but then we really need to be rooted in scripture in terms of what do we believe about this issue um, so that we can interact with them um, with scripture. Yeah. And you know, um, that friend actually ended up sending me a, a little Bible study, or it was like, um, it had scriptures that people had used again, you know, to say that homosexuality was wrong. And then they had kind of debunked them, so to speak. Right. Um, and so it was like this debunking the myth of, you know, homosexuality being Being sinful being. Yeah. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. that was actually really helpful. I was able to go through all of Mm -hmm. those. And with each one, I was like, like that's not quite, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. that was great. And, um, and then that challenges me, right? I mean, I can't just walk around, you know, with this, a blanket statement, but I, you know, we do need to be challenged with things that are a little bit harder. So, um, so I, I don't think we should be afraid to just get into conversation and, and ask good questions. Right. Right. And, And going back to Jory's question, how do you approach other believers? So I do think it's good for our listeners to understand that this is a very specific question that Jory's asking. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've definitely had a number of uh, people here in San Diego who profess faith and yet um, have been homosexual and have really struggled to, to make sense of where they fit um, in the life of faith because you know, they believe in God, they, they profess faith, they want to be part of the church, and yet they've got this, this uh, lifestyle mm-hmm. and, and these desires that, that run com- counter to the historical Christian understanding of morality when it comes to sexuality and homosexuality in particular. So how do we approach them? I think the first one is to stay to stay in relationship with them as much as possible and to actually be engaged in those conversations um, to not just, you know, drop the hammer in terms of this is what the Bible says. And, um, you know, if you're living contrary to that, um, then we can't have any kind of connection or, or relationship. It, I think it's more and more going to be something that, you know, maybe because I'm in Southern California, we see it quite a bit. Um, obviously you're in Texas, which is, definitely historically more conservative, but I I think in general, Christians, you're going to be interacting with people who have these questions. Um, And I think it's much more um, challenging uh, and and much more important that we learn how to have those conversations and have those relationships with people who, who are personally struggling with the issue, Mm -hmm. even more so than Christians who 
are just allies or who are affirming? Mm -hmm. um, how do we how do we make it possible to have conversations with people who profess faith and who are struggling with homosexuality? Yeah, and man, we've we've probably talked on this way too much. So right. just I will once again say Jackie Hill Perry's book, um, "Gay Girl, Good God," is so good. It helped me so much um, in just kind of shaping how I interact, especially with those who identify as homosexual and just seeing it as the same. It's a sin, just like my sins. And so in discipleship and in our churches, you know, we can have compassion as we all struggle against our sins, but kind of, um, just saying, oh, it's, it's fine. Like that's not that bad. That's actually more hurtful than it is helpful. So that's right. going to be my last thing. Such a good book. Man. Yes, it is. Abigail, do you have the, the resource where, cause I, I've, I've heard the same that there are six passages, you know, they always thought that there are six passages that get misinterpreted. These are, these would be the, the position I of people do. who are I affirming. Do have it. Maybe we I'm can link that. <laughs> yeah. We'll try to make a little PDF for our listeners. If you want to do your own deep dive into those particular passages, then we'll try to have that PDF as well. So yeah. Jory, thank you for your question. It is a real issue in uh, our culture today and in our, our, our Christian role as ambassadors for Christ. So um, thanks for sending that in. Friends, if you have a question that you would like us to address on the show, hit us up, send us an email at info at intotheharvest.org and we will address it. So Abigail, I'm excited about our main topic today because we only have two shows left, this one, and then we've got one more show uh, in crazy. this season, which is going to be the one that comes out either Thanksgiving week or maybe the week before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, and then friends, we will still have uh, interviews and, and, and shows that get posted mm -hmm. on the uh, YouTube channel and over on the podcast. So don't worry, we're not disappearing. We're not dropping off completely. But in terms of season four, we're wrapping it up in the next two episodes. And today we thought it would be fun to sort of look, to, to do a review in our own lives and discuss how we've been failing forward in mm -hmm. 2021. So Abigail, say a little bit more about what we mean by that. <laughs> well, this was fun. Um, we're we're going to end the season on a really high positive note, like being super thankful. Right. And we thought, well, let's just make this one a real downer. So this is, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Andrew and I both kind of went away this um, just past week and just thought about the things that we learned this year in our ministries and discipleship, um, just in our relationship with Jesus. Um, that maybe we failed a little, but we're going to say we like failed forward and we've learned right. from it. So hopefully we'll share with you and then you can learn from us and you won't have to do it in real life. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm excited about this because I think it's a natural thing when you're doing a show like this, people might get the idea that that we've got it all figured out and there are never things that we're doing wrong or yeah. And, and that's absolutely not the case. We actually want to come at this from, we are in the harvest along with you. We're in the harvest in San Antonio and San Diego, and we are learning on the job. And the show is really just a chance for us to share some lessons learned over the years. And on this episode, some specific lessons, some do's and don'ts, I guess you could say, um, with our, with our own practices of discipleship and disciple making. So we're going to see how many of these we can get to over the next uh, little bit. 
Abigail, why don't you start us off? What What is your first lesson learned in terms of failing forward okay. <laughs> in 2021? Where should we I'm start? I'm like looking at my list. I'm like, oh, where should I start? Okay, so well, I, there's so many, you guys. And I really don't think any of you think that I have it all together. So I don't know why I'm having to prove myself. But um, <laughs> uh, I think one of the big ones for me, which is probably not as surprising to anyone, is just the the um, reinforcement that especially in discipleship relationships, um, in trying to model uh, what the Lord has showed us to do, and then teaching others to do the same, um, that it is not our job to convict a person. Um, And as kind of a like prophetic type person, and also I'm like super opinionated, I can really get in there with like, you know, it is very important that you understand how wrong you are and how right I am. And uh, Andrew's laughing. <laughs> well, guys, guess what? That is actually not the case. So um, I really, this year has um, been humbling and quite a few times of me just really sticking my foot in my mouth um, of just trying to push conviction where it is not fully rooted and ready to be planted. So um, uh, in that regard, what I have learned is we just have to have a lot of patience. And sometimes we learn that we were wrong, which is even worse and harder. And then sometimes we learn that the Lord has his perfect, perfect timing. And it's probably way different from my personal timing. So I hope that was specific enough. Do you need like specific... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, no, but I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate, which okay. is probably not the, that's not the goal of this, this show, no, but, but okay. I but mean, maybe sure. this will, this, maybe this will help, I guess, okay. maybe try to help right. people understand because, so I think of this verse in first, first Corinthians five, where it says, I think it's first Corinthians five, verse 11, which is just before the whole section where he talks about us being ambassadors for Christ mm-hmm. in verse 11, he says, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade men. So where do you see the line between trying to persuade people mm. and drifting into the Holy Spirit's lane? Oh, well, um, I think that persuasion sounds very um, upfront and that people mm-hmm. are going to a hundred percent see what you're, you know, you're saying, my opinion is such and such. And that's okay. And that's good even because, you know, that allows like a full conversation of, you know, back and forth. And they can even say like, I don't agree with you. And you can say, well, that's fine. You know, Mm. that's like very upfront, Andrew. And I like that. And that's biblical and true. What I'm talking about is way more like manipulative on Abigail's part. So much more like, let me just like, just make you fit Mm. into this. Like, and if you didn't, want to do it like maybe i'll just trick you into doing it got so, it that's not yeah good. <laughs> no that's really i think that's a great that's a great distinction abby i, I hopefully that'll be helpful for folks because yeah. i do think there's there's part of us that we shouldn't we aren't just robots you know spitting yeah. out data uh, from the bible we, we are trying to persuade people but yes maybe if you feel like you've crossed into manipulation yeah. Okay. Of like guilt, like, let me yeah. guilt you into it. You know, I have a relationship with you and I know you wouldn't want to disappoint me. And so, you know, it's, and this works with our kids too. Like we should, these are like same lessons. Um, mm, so mm-hmm. anyway, hopefully yeah. that was made sense. 
yeah. guys can ask me about it later if it didn't. Yeah, definitely. We would love to hear from you guys in terms of uh, what you think about these lessons learned in terms of us trying to fail forward and, and maybe some that you've, you've learned in 2021. Okay, Abigail, my first one that I wanted to, to mention on the show today is how important routines and rhythms tools are in my own life to stay consistent in my daily and weekly devotion to the Lord. And I've really seen that in 2021. Obviously, 2020 was a crazy year where schedules were, there was lots of upheaval. But really for us, uh, 2021 kind of continued that trend. And I, I think for you too, maybe, and probably for a lot of our listeners, because I know this school year, your kids have probably been home as much as they have been at school, yes. uh, just because of um, the extra precautionary measures that schools are taking for children if they are exposed to someone who has COVID. Um, but what I have learned is don't belittle routines and tools. They, they have proved, and sadly, this is because I have not been as consistent and diligent um, in my daily and, and weekly rhythms of prayer, time in the scriptures. Um, and I, I go back to, well, why is this? And I think a big part of it is when your schedule and your routine gets disrupted um, it can really wreak havoc. It, it, certainly in my case, I think it's really uh, wreaked havoc in terms of just my consistency and the quality mm -hmm. of my time with the Lord. One of the things I love about Into the Harvest and this show and making the videos is that sort of is a forcing mechanism in my own life that I, I am going to spend time in the scriptures and in prayer because um, this is a terrible analogy, so I, should, I shouldn't even go there. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like if you're going to go out on stage and give a, a speech, um, that actually motivates you to, to spend the time preparing mm -hmm. because there's this, there's this concern that you're going to get out there and what are you going to say? And I don't know if that's the best motivation to uh, spend time in mm -hmm. the scriptures. Probably not. But it is a motivation. And honestly, it's been one of the things that I think has really helped me, maybe I would say saved me this year, mm -hmm. because the routine has been so disrupted. Um, I think just having these conversations, making the videos, um, sharing with folks here in the local area on a regular basis has kind of helped me stay in the word and stay in prayer. But it has not been as consistent it has, as it has been in the past. And I think a big part of that is because the routine has just been disrupted. Mm. Yeah, you know, that's it's interesting how the last year has just affected all of us um, and probably just taught us the things that we should keep and, mm -hmm. you know, try to really, even if the world changes, I should still try to keep this, you know, keep structure, keep some, some schedule in our lives. Right. Um, and then there's other things that, you know, the last two years have taught us like, oh, I really, really didn't need that. Um, so yes. I, I think that's definitely been the case for me as well. Um, my routine has changed. Mm hmm a bazillion times in the last year right. but boy do I love a routine oh it's my favorite that's yeah. a great that's a great connection because that's actually one of my other lessons learned yeah is kind of the, the I guess the flip side of that coin but let me just bounce it to you um yeah yeah well and, and I'll just I'm gonna steal it because yeah, I know what it is dive into and it. I agree with you <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> good. Um, it was basically this idea that we can break our traditions and our forms if they're no longer 
of any service to the body of Christ. Yeah. Um, and we definitely saw that this year. Um, when mm. I look back all the way to January of 2021, which both seems really far away and also like yesterday, um, our church body has had at least four different ways of meeting together and worshiping together. And that's got to be some kind of a record. We started out completely on Zoom. Then we mm -hmm. went to um, some people in the room, some people on Zoom, also in the room on a TV. Then we went to two different groups, one that was on Zoom and one that was in person. And now, oh, and then we went to um, church in the backyard. And then okay. recently we moved to church in the front yard, which sounds very similar, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, um, it's not, it's actually way more, um, involved in the neighborhood. So okay. I don't know if you just kept count, but that was a lot of I different ways in which, yeah, yeah. In which our church has, and as somebody who like loves, loves, you know, a, a routine and, a, mm -hmm. and I love a good tradition. I mean, like do it twice. And it was a fun time. It's a tradition. We're doing it forever. So, um, it's definitely been a good lesson. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, I, I hope that I can actually continue to, to do it because I am, I can be very stuck in my ways, but this was yeah. yours. So why don't you speak to it as well? <laughs> well, so in the local area, we're actually right in the, the midst of one of these transitions. And it's because I think in our case, there were a number of factors in terms of changing things up in the way that not only in the way that we're gathering for our weekly gathering, which for us typically happened on Sunday mornings, but even just throughout the week, our weekly rhythm and, and how we want to go about living as the church and being on the mission of Jesus together. So we're, we're right now in the middle of um, breaking up <laughs> the, the way that we've been doing things. So I don't even know what it's going to look like when we come out the other side. Um, but we just, I think we realized that it, it's clear that the way we've been doing things mm -hmm. is it, it served a purpose a year back and now mm -hmm. it's not necessarily meeting the needs that, that we have within our, within our church family. Some of that for us is that we've had so many kids this year. We have so many kids. We've got there's to figure so out babies, not just <laughs> yes, kids, so many babies. Like that's right. Babies. And I'm that's talking a, like, there's a difference. Yes. <laughs> Friends, almost every month there has been uh, a new joyous delivery within our church, but that um, that presents its own unique dynamics. And so, um, right now we're really going back to the drawing board to find out wh where are we at as a community, where is our wh where are our natural opportunities to share the faith and make disciples, and then how do we build new traditions and new rhythms around these new realities. So, yeah, I, I think the big thing for us and probably for you guys as well is not being afraid of the needing yeah. to rip it apart. Um, yes. I think we can have that tendency of, oh man, we're going to lose it. Like yes. by ripping it apart, we will lose right. that, which we had, and we're not going to get anything in return, but that is not biblical at all. We have so many promises that the Lord always provides and he always does something new and that's a cool promise to claim in these very tumultuous times no you're right i mean for for 
as someone who's going through it right now, and I think I can share for our local church family, it is a very uncomfortable place to be because you're in between something that was familiar and the unknown, which is not a fun place to be at all. Um, But I I think that this is where the Lord wants us to move. And so we're, we're kind of, I don't even know if this is failing, but it's, it's definitely something that you're coming to an end of something that did seem effective and and so we're, we're trusting God for the next chapter. But Abby, we've probably got time for one more of our lessons learned from 2021. So take a quick scan. And what do you okay. think we ought to finish with? Um, I think weirdly, 2021 was as strange as 2020, but it, it brought back the busyness of life. And that was hard because I'd forgotten what it was like to be so busy. Um, so I, I felt like there would be entire weeks where we lost the plot as far as getting, um, the ministry that we needed to get in, um, relationship building, um, plus our normal, just, uh, working, schooling, parenting, you know, all that, all the stuff. Um, and so I really think, um, it has been an uphill struggle to, um, to, almost remember what our calling was all about, like putting um, Christ first and putting those things first. Um, I just had to almost relearn the whole, the whole lesson of, um, are we going to sign up for the sport for our child? Um, Mm. When really it kind of got in the way of some great ministry opportunity. I'm I'm currently still living this failure, by the way, Mm -hmm. the child is still doing Ninja warrior on Friday evenings and it's, um I don't love it (laughs) because you guys Friday nights was actually a really great time to get together with church family um to get together with neighbors um it was just a really prime time and we kind of needed to save that and to sacrifice a little bit and instead we just got really sucked into like yay you know sports Mm. are back things are back let's say yes to all of them um and so definitely failed in that department. So here's to the new year. <laughs> I, I, I think that is such a, um, astute observation. I definitely agree with it. It does feel like the disruption of 2020 in many cases is still happening, but the busyness has returned to a large degree. And so it's almost, um, a compounding dynamic there in terms of life and, uh, and ministry. And, I would say that just thinking about our local community here, I don't think that that's unique to me. I think a lot of us are feeling that, that struggle of Mm -hmm. things are not back to normal, but the busyness is back to normal. Yeah. And it does. I love the way you said that, um, the challenge, and this is definitely where I've seen the challenge is how do we, how do we keep the plot, um, from week to week? So, yeah. Yeah. So we kind of have to remind ourselves of what our goals are here, really, Mm -hmm. Um, because things are returning and we are going to have to make these yes or no choices about Mm -hmm. how we spend our time and energy. Um, And I I think we were maybe a little too passive going into it because we, you know, either we were just excited because we were finally out of 2020 (laughs) or, you know, just just whatever we, you know, yeah, yeah, we just things are opening up. So you want to go and do do it. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just really being mindful of our purpose, uh, what mm-hmm. our goals are, um, from day to day. So we don't lose the plot. 
Well, friends, this is our effort to share with you some of the ways that we're struggling to live and share our faith in 2021, even though this show every week, or I guess every two weeks now, we're trying to have podcasts and shows that that hopefully help you live and share your faith. It's something that we're absolutely living uh, day to day, week to week, um, looking to be disciples and to make disciples for Jesus. And there's a lot of lessons learned along the way. So hopefully this encourages you. I hope it does. And um, like we said before, we'd love to hear from you. What are some of your lessons learned in 2021? And how is Jesus helping you fail forward? For our faith and culture segment, we are going to discuss comedians and Dave Chappelle and his latest Netflix special called The Closer. But really, I mean, Dave is just, Dave Chappelle is just an opportunity to talk about, I think, the larger role of comedians in our culture, and more specifically, what we as Christians and ambassadors for Christ, um, you know, what, what can we learn from the role that comedians play in our culture and in modern society? And also, what are there some opportunities for us to introduce the, the gospel message into some of these conversations that are happening at the, at the larger societal level. Now, Abigail, I know you, you have not watched this special Dave Chappelle. Um, (laughs) I I did watch it. Cindy has not watched it either, but I I did watch it uh, a week or two back. Uh, But what do you think about this, this, this discussion that we're going to have here over the next 10 minutes or so. Yeah. I mean, this is, it is really interesting. I do know what it's about because it was very much in the news and um, one of my family members watched it and thought it was super funny and wanted to discuss it. By the way, it was a family member that I was shocked was had watched (laughs) it. I was like, say what, what did you do? Um, But you know, no judgment. You watched it too. Um, I I, I'm just way holier than, than you, but that's okay. You will learn, you know, it's fine. I, um, I just, um, it it was, it's just not funny to me, honestly. And that's, I mean, I've, it has nothing to do with holiness. It just has to do with what I find funny. Uh, It's very uncomfortable humor. Um, what I do find fascinating is the reaction that people had to this special and his previous special. Hmm. So, um, I watched, like three minutes of his previous special, which was called Sticks and Stones. Is that correct? Yes. And, um, and that was mostly about race and really his take on the whole Black Lives Matter. Um, It was not the content that made me stop watching. It's that I have like a four F word per minute ratio cap for me personally. And so I stopped. (laughs) Um, And, uh, but it was so interesting. Conservatives, like Christians were so like, do not like Dave Chappelle. But then mm-hmm. all of a sudden with this new um, special, uh, a lot of Christians were like, hey, Dave Chappelle, nice. Look at him saying what we've all been saying all this time. So right. Andrew, like how, how can we take this? I mean, surely we're not going to use a very non-Christian comedian as our spokesperson, right? Well, there were two things that, as we had a little conversation before recording today, there were two things that we thought were interesting from a Christian perspective when it comes to 
the comedy of guys like J Dave Chappelle, comedians like Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Uh, so one is the way that we react to them. And I don't think that that's just limited to Christians, but um, different groups even. So it's interesting because Sticks and Stones was primarily about race in America. And so uh, Black Lives Matter, race. And so a lot of uh, people on the, the political right and, uh, and on the conservative side of things didn't like that special and uh, the the topic and the the themes that Chappelle was was bringing forward. And then this one, uh, the closer, is about transgenderism. And so a lot of people on the left um, are really up in arms about the the jokes and the comedy and some of the points that Chappelle is making. So I think. Um, one, one thing that we wanted to discuss in this faith and culture segment is that as Christians, what you're saying there is if, if you were up in arms about Chappelle's Sticks and Stones mm -hmm. special because it didn't fit with the way that you view uh, society and culture, mm -hmm. um, you probably should not you know, be promoting him as a champion of conservative values or, or Christian values um, with this latest special on transgenderism and the closer. Hmm. And I think we see that happening. We see a lot of people either watching and endorsing or reposting on social media um, clips and specials. I've, I've definitely seen that myself uh, with this latest, this latest special that he had. Yeah, but we can use yeah. comedy and, and use stand-up comedians who are usually very um, astute at yeah. reading right. culture. Yes. As, as a positive, right? And I think that's something right. that you definitely do. Yeah, that's the second theme that I think is very um, important for us to, to be mindful of. In, in some ways, comedians today, in my view, they, are, they play a very unique role in our culture today because they're, they're, they're one of the few people who have a public voice who can say the things that, that no one else can say. Um, or at least they try to, and that's, that's yeah. I was like, well, <laughs> well so, so some of the big pushback now is, you know, will Chappelle be canceled? That's that's one of the big conversations is will he sure. be canceled? But the reason the reason why that's so interesting is because very few other people can say the things that he's saying without being canceled. So they're not even going to try to speak into these issues. And yeah, I think comedians one of their one of their jobs is to make us uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It is to point out the, the gaps in our thinking, um, in our worldviews. And so, um, you know, I think Chappelle is maybe the best at that um, of, current, uh, of current comedians. But there have been others. Uh, I think Bill Burr at times does a good job of addressing cultural issues. Um, I think Norm MacDonald, who we actually talked about on a recent yeah. and, and culture segment, I think he did that. He would just sort of say it the way he saw it. Um, and I think that that can be an opening for a conversation that we have around the water cooler within our families. Um, so even if we don't agree with what some of these comedians are saying, and even if you don't want to watch the specials because there is so much vulgarity, not just uh, language, but there's just a lot of crude humor that gets sprinkled in. So I get it if you don't want to expose your, your mind to that. But I think it's to okay, understand, I'm with you. <laughs> I think to at least understand, um, maybe you can read a synopsis of what is this yeah. special about? Because yeah. people are watching it, people are, and it does basically it stirs up within people's minds. Well, what do I think about that? And yeah, that does seem like it's it's not quite right. Uh, 
why is it that way? Why, why do we accept certain mm. points of view in our society and then certain other groups are off limits? Um, and I think there's, there's opportunities there for us to enter into the conversation you know, with, with the message of Jesus and with the perspective that he mm. brings. Yeah, and I think my big takeaway is, are we really so in need of a champion yes. as believers that we want to just latch on to literally anyone who agrees with us and, you know, make them our champion? Um, and that really frustrates me in yeah. the sense of, I'm like, man, don't we just have Jesus and isn't that enough? And, you know, we and we're also going to be hated. So that's, right. you know, so I don't right. know. I, I find it very frustrating. That would be a good, I think that'd be a good synopsis for this faith and culture segment is to say, um, we don't, the, the value of comedians for us as believers, I think, is not that we need them to be our spokespeople or that we yeah. need to promote them to, to get across our viewpoints. Uh, the value is that they are stirring up conversations within our social groups, mm -hmm. and we can enter into those conversations with, as spokesmen for Jesus. So we don't need these people to be our yes. spokesmen, but let's take advantage of the, yeah. the opportunities that are, are being stirred up. Yeah, the conversation, they have started it for us, and hopefully we can be equipped to, to finish it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's our, that's our show for this week, guys. Um, we'd love to uh, hear what you think about these, these topics, um, whether it's the listener question at the beginning or our main topic of lessons learned, or this one, our faith and culture segment on comedians and, and how we should rightly take advantage of the conversations that are being stirred up. If you have listened to this show and you have not rated and reviewed us, over on Apple Podcasts. Abby, what do we say? What is your problem? I'm just kidding. That's not what we say. <laughs> we do. Actually, we do say that, but we can't really say that right now. No. Well, we say that later. Um, right. No, that's like, that, well, you, we can cut that part out. Um, no, we say, please, it takes two seconds. All you got to do right. is run over there and hit the little five star and maybe say like one or two things like, man, Abigail and Andrew accidentally matched shirts this week and that made me happy. <laughs> yes. And they were both wearing plaid and it brought me joy. And you also should listen and watch on YouTube. And that would just make us really happy. So um, that was just, you know, you could write that verbatim if you wanted to. I can write it for you. There we go. Just listen to this little clip and then go over to Apple Podcasts. <laughs> leave us a five-star rating. And if you would, leave us a short review of what you appreciate about the show we definitely appreciate you guys listening yeah. and being part of our community. And we do have one more show. And so in two weeks, we'll talk to you guys again. Abby, have a great week. Yeah, you too. See you then.